Welcome to the Unleashed Podcast, where we believe that life is better when it is lived on purpose. My name is Molly Brunk, and I am joined with lead pastor of Be Hope Church, Brad Thompson. Brad, we are starting a new series today, <gasps> all about conflict management. Love conflict. I Conflict's know you my do. Favorite. I <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and this series will be so fun because we will have um, a guest on in a couple of episodes. So I am excited about that. And you're excited about conflict because you love a good argument. I do. Yeah. <laughs> do you not like a good fight? I don't know. I think, no, I don't know. Mm. If I'm in the middle of it. Is your marriage healthy? <laughs> this is actually just a marriage counseling session. It's fine. No, I think I, I don't like unexpected conflict. I think if I know going into it, it's going to be tense. Mm. But if it's unexpected, I don't like that. Okay. What about you? You guys, you and Gabe plan your fights. <laughs> I'm talking about with other people. Oh. Gabe does not count. So um, what about you, though? Do you, you like conflict, unexpected or expected? Listen, if you, if you catch me on the right day, uh, I'll put you asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know what you were going to say. I All didn't right. know what I was going to say either. <laughs> I, I was trying to keep it rated G. So uh, there we that go. That is hilarious. Can you tell that he is a boy dad? But um, let's start off the episode with the fumble moment because every episode of the Unleashed podcast, we start off with a fumble moment and we get to learn from our failures and our mistakes. And one uh, event that yeah, we had. The good news is I, I'm not owning this one. Yeah, this one's not on you. This but, is the first time, first episode. In- <laughs> You're in it. You're just not. Fair. In charge of it and stuff. But we had a meeting with um, a larger team, some of our volunteers. And at that meeting, um, it was very feedback-oriented. Um, we wanted to get some feedback to be able to guide a direction where we were headed, a goal where we were headed. Um, and it went completely sideways. <laughs> I, like, you kind of saw the aftermath of it. I was in the midst of it. So I don't know what, if you want to explain uh, the to aftermath. To be fair, I actually got called up mid mid-meeting to come help direct one of them. That's true. So I was That's part true. of that. That's true. You helped <laughs> so salvage fun. it. it and so stuff. much fun. Yeah, but tell us a little bit about um, that meeting. Yeah, I think the best part was, uh, for me, was coming away with uh, all of our leaders, and I think they were frustrated. They were disheartened. They were sad and angry, and, like, it was, like, maybe even disoriented, like what just happened. And I'm walking away going, man, it accomplished exactly what we wanted it to accomplish, <laughs> which was just to cure people. Like, yeah. and and I don't know, um, we were just talking about this before the show. Sometimes we're a little, is plushy the word? A little yeah, soft. I, yeah. 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 Little, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Brad um, lets a lot of the young staff members know if this is the first church that we worked at, that like this is a very um, plushy church. I don't know. Like it's a very, really nice ministry job. You were just saying this is a like first job in ministry that you have where you like haven't been in like really struggling just to get by. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. just not, it's not normal within ministry for us to have a healthy culture and team and love yeah. to do what we get to do. Yeah. And so the first time that it did not go well, we did not respond uh, very In the words well. of my wife, uh, we're very porcelain here. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> to the porcelain that's dolls. That's fair. We are— um, Freaky dolls, but porcelain yeah. dolls. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> we we uh, we're learning to face yeah. adversity. Oh, uh, in fairness, it was also a season where, as I look back, uh, it was also a season where we had some some people in our congregation who weren't fully on board with being somebody's first church. Mm-hmm. So we were dealing with this this event with leaders. We were dealing with people in the church who are like, oh, I'm not sure everybody belongs, and I don't think this needs to be somebody's first church. And so they were kind of leaving, and 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 we celebrate that because you know my rule, right? A good that? mission is always going to pull people in, and it's going to push people away. And uh, we're, we celebrate when that happens, right? Because we get to move the mission forward. Uh, but but here's the interesting thing coming out of it. It was like I gave a talk during chapel to our staff. You remember this? I actually gave the same talk just to uh, our team at Staff Advance. Mm-hmm. But but it's like during chapel, uh, Matt, you remember this, right? I pulled everybody in and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like <laughs> you you face a little bit of tension and all of a sudden you think the world is crumbling. Like, get over yourself. Like, mm-hmm. it is not that hard. It is not that. People are like, what is happening? What is happening? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. stop saying. Yeah, I'm laughing because I probably was one yes, of those people. Yes. So, yeah. So, so, coming out of that, there's this realization where I just told us, man, stop trying to tame the tension. In mm-hmm. fact, this is the title of the message or the title of this podcast today. Don't tame the tension. <laughs> Don't tame the tension. I'm going to be sweating throughout this whole series <laughs> talking about conflict and this and is tension. so important for you to understand that if you lead anything in life, if you lead people, if you lead families, if you lead kids, if you lead if you lead uh, students, if you lead your teachers when they don't know how to teach, if you lead a company, wherever you are, you will always have tension and problems. Like, I think there's this reality where some of us feel guilty if if something's wrong. Like, you you should, we used to say in the army, uh, how do you know when there's a problem? We said it differently, but in the army say, how do you know there's a problem with the soldier? When they stop complaining. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> we phrased it completely differently. Got but, it. But, but it's like, you you will always have tension in 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 whatever you lead, whatever organization you're in. And there's part of me that's like, I just want to tell you, let adversity be your best friend. Let adversity become your best <laughs> friend. And um, I, I, I feel the weight of this every week, if I could just say that. Sundays at Be Hope are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm exhausted when I get done. But there's this part where it's like, man, we saw, we heard so many stories. We saw so much life change. We saw so many baptisms, like, yeah, like we're growing. It's, You're on the mountaintop, and yeah. then Monday comes, and I gotta be honest, there's some Mondays I just dread it because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, what problem are we gonna have to solve? Like, what mm-hmm. system is breaking now that we need to we need to get figured out? And in sales, we used to say. At the end of the month, you go from hero to the beginning of the month, you're a zero. Mm. And a lot of times when you lead, that's how you will feel. Yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And also is not fun. <laughs> no, it's not fun. And and here's the reality. Like, here's what's at stake for so many people is that the point that you're you're about ready to have a breakthrough is often the time when you have a breakdown. Mm. And I, I've witnessed this in leaders, especially— not just in church, but in business, 
business and companies and um but I'll, I'll I'll stick to church world. I once had a leader come to me and it was like they wanted to quit. Now be, to be fair, we were still in the middle of COVID, but they wanted to quit and and as I begin to unpack the conversation, it was like, well they just they had they had some tension and some beef with some people in the church and a few little people got under their skin and their feelings got hurt. They were a little porcelain and they <laughs> wanted to quit and they wanted to go home. And I, I just remember sitting there. I'm like, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, I think I'm done. Mm. And by the way, if you tell me you're done, I only let you quit once. Like, I don't ask you to come back. Yeah, That's my rule. I don't ask you to come back once you quit once. So, uh, like, you walk away from the company fully, we're done. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I remember saying, I remember saying to this 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 leader, I said, "You got your face kicked in once. What did you think ministry was going to be? You're you're in the people business. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, we've got habits. My celebrate recovery friends, we got habits, hurts, hangups. You've got problems and difficulties, and and." And it's a mess. Like you have messes. People are messy. Mm-hmm. And and you have one person get under your skin and you want to quit. And uh, and I just remember, I just told her, I was like, you got to get gritty, bro. <laughs> you have got to get with it. Yeah. Because, because here's what's at stake if you quit. As I look back on that conversation, I just wrote these things down. If that person quit, uh, you let people lead who shouldn't. Mm. I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you feel like quitting. Uh, it's hard what you're leading. It's difficult. You feel like quitting. I don't know who I'm talking. I'm talking to somebody. I'm preaching to somebody in this moment. <laughs> but but if you quit, you're going to let people lead who shouldn't. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, you have people who, who, who will be in organizations who do not have the best interest of the organization. They have the best interest for themselves. And those are inevitably are always the people who will take over the moment you quit. Yeah. And and, and we forfeit the mission at a moment where it's critical. Uh, second thing that I need you to understand what's at stake is you'll let your circumstances influence your calling. And, and I believe that whatever God has put in your life, whatever gifting is put upon you, it is not something uh, that we base on circumstances, but it's been divinely appointed within your soul. Meaning God has gifted you with the leadership skills that you have for this season, for this reason, right here, right now. Yeah. In the words of Van Halen. <laughs> right now. Come on, I love that song. So, so like your calling is not circumstantial. And and so many times we allow our circumstances to shape the calling that we face. It's it's kind of the same concept with joy. We talk about joy is not circumstantial. Joy is who we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Same concept there. The last thing, uh, if you quit now, what's at stake is you will forfeit the future that's in front of you. Mm. That's I don't good. know how to say it any other way than just to say it like that. Yeah. No, that's good. So how would you discern between adversity um, and feedback that you need to be held accountable or that you need to own? Um. Here's how I've always discerned it. Uh, if I'm getting feedback from somebody, the question I'm asking myself is, is their advice meant to be, is it helpful or is it hurtful? Mm-hmm. Are they trying to help me mm-hmm. 
or are they trying to hurt me? And I think you you pretty well know when you're having a conversation with somebody if their intent is to hurt you. Yeah. And uh, and that's always been my barometer for understanding when when is somebody trying to help me and when am I now facing adversity? Yeah. Like if you are intentionally trying to tear my name down, if you are intentionally tearing down my character that is inconsistent with who I know I am, like these are moments where I'm like, oh, it's time to buck up. Mm-hmm. It's time to embrace the tension. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to tame this. I'm going to live into it. Yeah, which I don't know if that's hard for you because you are someone who receives a lot of feedback and you ask for a lot of feedback and you let a lot of people give you feedback where sometimes people have maybe warned against that of like, hey, don't allow so many people to give you feedback, but do you hear all of it and then listen to some of it? I'm looking for consistencies. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. So uh, if I have these random stray, so when we get feedback from like events that we do or staff advance, if I have these random things, uh, Mm -hmm. I actually just texted one to our executive the other day. I'm like, whose was this? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. It was the only thing that uh, was set aside from everything else. When I see consistencies, when I see themes, those are the things that I'm paying attention to. Mm -hmm. But if there are these random stray comments, I'm like, where did that come from? Mm -hmm. I just let them go. Got it. That makes sense. And you got to let that stuff go. I used to have uh, an army sergeant who would say, it's like water off a duck's back. You just got (laughs) to let it roll off. (laughs) You have so many funny army sayings today. I tell you what, man, if you knew how many funny army sayings we say, I wish I could say half of what we said, but so not appropriate not in this context. G rated, but why does this matter? Why does it matter? Yeah, the reason why not taming the tension matters is because tension is the greatest point for growth. Tension is the greatest point. For growth, uh, Erwin McManus used to say it. Uh, I forget what book he said it in. He would say, um, discomfort is the price of admission to a meaningful life. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to borrow some of that and rephrase it to say, adversity is the price people pay when they want to change the world. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's good, isn't that it? That is good. You should, you should clap that right now. <laughs> this feels really forced. <laughs> <laughs> adversity is the price people pay when they want to change the world. And, uh, and and you really have to understand that tension tension serves one of the greatest purposes because because it's expanding you, it's broadening you, it is building you in ways that comfort cannot. Mm. Uh, can I give an example? Please do. You know it's going to be food, health, or working out. <laughs> so no, those all intertwine. So let's talk about working out Great. for a minute. Uh, I'll tell you my new workout routine I've been doing. Um, there's this thing called German body composition. So I was running lots of miles and uh, hurt my hamstrings mm. and uh, to the point where I couldn't run. Like they were, it was weird. It was like, it was catching. It hurt so bad. And uh, and so I needed to do something where I could uh, not run, but still maintain my, my cardiovascular fitness. And so I found ger- German body composition. Uh, I saw it in like some men's health fitness magazine. <laughs> and I was like, well, that looks interesting. What? And so I'm I'm reading through this 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 uh, program, and it's all about building muscle and losing weight while also maintaining uh, cardiovascular. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, endurance. Endurance. Mm-hmm. Just by lifting weights, and here's how they do it. It is the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. So. L- 
let's let me give an example with squats. So they 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 superset things. If you don't know what superset is, they go from squats into pull-ups right away. Hmm. So, but here's how they do squats. It's not I just go down and I come back. I just come right back up. The squat is four seconds down. <laughs> That was about four seconds right there. Oh, okay. Was that was like, my whole point. Got You're it. like, this is taking forever. <laughs> that was my whole point. It's four seconds down, pause for one second at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then explode up. Mm-hmm. Now, you think, I could do that. I remember my first week, I had like 95 pounds on the bar, squatting 95 pounds because it was like four seconds down was so painful. Hmm. And then you hold it and then you come back. What's happening? It's it's time under tension. Mm. It's tension that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is it is the amount of tension that you face within those four seconds that builds growth, mm. but also build, builds endurance in terms of your cardiovascular and respiratory and everything else that goes on. I'm, I don't know the medical terms. <laughs> exactly. and, All those things. And it's been fascinating. Like, like I've done this workout now for probably 20 some days and I just picked up running again mm. and I realized my hamstrings were pretty weak. So hmm. uh, I've been doing this, this uh, German body composition today, ran five miles and, and I was not struggling at all. Wow. Like, hmm. because, because the tension mm-hmm. is, what was al- is what allows for growth. Got it. That's a good example. It makes me think of, um, I've been watching a show where they had to like do a pull up to get to like this next level or something. And I was like, I would be out. I can't. Wait, is this the celebrity, uh, mm, the special camp? agent? Yeah. The special forces. I, I could not do a pull up. So <laughs> if I like, it was like life or death, you have to do a pull up. I'm out. So <laughs> sorry, but okay. What can people do, uh, to manage the tension? Well, I, I want to go back real quick to, uh, tension is the greatest point for growth. Because out of out of the meeting with our team, like mm-hmm. when our team was frustrated and disoriented, and uh, they were so like, "Oh my goodness, you would have thought like somebody had died in their life." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Why are we moping around?" Uh, the, the interesting thing that came out of that, this is so good. Like, I think in some ways it was a breakthrough for our team, because because what was happening is people were, people were talking about a thing, but. But it was just the symptom. It wasn't the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and the beauty of that was coming out, I realized, we realized, oh, it's, it's, there's a thing behind the thing. Yeah. Like I can't give specifics because then, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know. Yeah. But it's the thing behind the thing. And, and what everybody was talking about was not the problem that we actually faced. What we faced was a leadership problem. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a, the thing problem they were talking about. It was something below that. Mm-hmm. And, and what was great was coming out of that was like, well, we could get our feelings hurt and walk away and cry and or we could acknowledge, oh, we have we have so much opportunity for growth when it comes to being better leaders. And I think that that was the joy of that was, oh, there's growth that's gonna happen because we were under tension for so long. Yeah. No, it was good. It was hard. You make it sound like you're so not empathetic about any Ooh. of that, but you were so hamstrings are I had a cramp. <laughs> Okay. So but, much for the five miles. I know. But you sound so like unempathetic in this, but you're like, I feel like a filthy liar because when we're like all sad about it, you're like, guys, it's okay. Like you're so nice to us, but. Well, we, we did give, we did give, I did give an inspirational speech. You did. 
You didn't leave us there, which yep. is your empathy. So, yep. Yep. Okay. So let's go to it. What can people do? What can people do uh, when you're under tension? Uh, the first thing is this is you have to pay attention to the tension. Uh, other leaders have said it this way. This is attention to manage, not attention to solve. I like to say, pay attention to the tension. Uh, some of the best advice I ever received in an interview uh, when I was getting my um, certification ordination for ministry, I remember a pastor asking me, uh, what do you want to accomplish as a pastor? And I remember sitting there saying, I want to accomplish balance. I want to be balanced. I want to be balanced in ministry. I want to be balanced with my family. And he said, yeah, that will never happen. <laughs> and that was some of the best. He said, that is, not, that is not something you need to solve. You always have to pay attention to the tension, meaning what needs my attention in this season? Because sometimes the church needs more. Sometimes my family needs more. I have to pay attention to which. It, it's also like uh, I would always have these moments where like you're on a platform every week and uh, people would say, like, are you paying attention to your ego? Like, and I'm like, if you really knew how I felt about my own speaking and my own abilities, mm -hmm. you wouldn't worry about that. But but I said, the moment you need to begin to worry about ego is the moment that you're no longer paying attention to it. Mm -hmm. The moment that that any thought about ego goes away is the moment that you have a big ego. So yeah. number one, in the tension, pay attention to it. Pay attention to the tension so you can manage it. Mm-hmm. What's number two? Number two. Uh, I always like to ask this because it comes out of Scripture. Uh, this is my take on how I read Scripture. Uh, but, but in the tension, we ask, what's the redemptive part of the story? Mm -hmm. What's the redemptive part of the problem? Um, I'm going to use Bible stuff for just a second. Is that okay? Do it. People uh, will look at the Old Testament and talk about God being an angry God. And mm -hmm. uh, Joshua is always a good example when he, you know— decimated Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Uh, and then I hear people say, God's an angry God. Why would he do that? I always tell people, well, you have to ask, what's the redemptive part of the story? Mm -hmm. The redemptive part of the story is Joshua meets an angel beforehand and said, are you for us or for you? Are you for them? And the angel said, neither. Mm. <laughs> God's for both sides. Yeah. Uh, the redemptive part of the story is that he uses, he Yes, the entire city is decimated, but you have a prostitute in her family that is restored that ultimately ends up in the lineage of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, we always want to focus on the problem. We have to focus on what's the redemptive part of the story. Uh, I, I, I love Donald Miller says it this way. Be relentlessly optimistic because high impact people believe amazing things can happen. So we're looking to the future. We're looking at the good things that are coming out of this. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like relentlessly optimistic. You usually like fun. the word relentless, don't you? And optimistic. Okay. I like <laughs> it's the both of them. What's number three? <laughs> number three. Uh, and this also comes from Donald Miller. I can't take credit for this. I'm going to rephrase how he says it uh, on the next couple things, but you have to dilute the drama. So there are times where you'll have tension in your organization and people will be dramatic. Mm -hmm. Your goal is to dilute it as much as possible. And 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 here's uh here's one of the things I've tried to do. It's it's one of the things I've I've in my own leadership in moments where we've had high drama experience. I don't think we've had a lot here, mm -hmm. but I've been in places where we have. And 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 so what you do is you you rate the tension, you rate the problem, you rate the drama. Is this a six? Is it a seven? 
uh, is it eight? And they're trying to come in right underneath that. Mm. You're always trying to come come in underneath the drama. And uh, and people will respect you because you have a level of cool about who you are in the middle of tension. They're knowing this is somebody who can be trusted. Mm-hmm. So dilute the drama. That's he good. says de-escalate the drama. That's good. I like diluting it. I work with teenagers, so that's really good. <laughs> yeah. All right, number try that four. To, try that today when you— I will. I got to <laughs> figure out how to—what's the scale for teenagers? <laughs> Uh, number four is great leaders have a gritty mindset. Mm. I think that's true. Great leaders have a growth mindset. Great leaders have a gritty mindset. Um, great leaders uh, learn how to embrace challenges, and they don't see failure as condemnation of their identity. I, I think the greatest fears for so many leaders, they're afraid of growth because they're afraid of failure. Mm. Like if if this doesn't work out or this fails— how am I going to be perceived? Mm-hmm. And we think that it's an indictment on our identity. But man, I think failure is it is a it is a celebration of someone who is confident in who they are. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, number four intention have a have a growth or a gritty mindset. Yeah. Like I tell people, I remember when I first interviewed at this church, and somebody said, "What are you going to do when somebody gets in your face for the first time?" and uh, it's just like, listen, man, if I can, if I can make it through combat, uh, I can handle somebody like you. And somebody oh, on our, funny. this was in the interview process. And uh, later not on, here, somebody, right? no, not here. Okay. And somebody on our board later on said, I remember the moment you said that. I was like, this is not the guy to mess with. Oh, like mm-hmm. my mentality has always been, I'll be the last man standing. Hmm. I will be the you can fight with me as much as you want, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm so gritty and determined that I'll be the last one here. Hmm. I've never heard of it like uh, the failure as a condemnation of your identity. Like I've never heard that as like, oh, that's why people don't take risks. But it makes sense. It's scary, yep. especially when what you do and whatever field is so public. Yep. Yeah. I also uh, quickly want to reference two books because I'm, I'm borrowing some of this from stuff I learned in those books years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Gordon, I love John Gordon's book. Power of Positive Leadership. We'll put those in the show notes. The other one is Business Made Simple by Donald Miller. Now, it is a book about growing business, but my favorite part is the beginning. Is He spent, he spends the first chapter talking about 10 characteristics of value-driven professionals. Mm-hmm. And that was so helpful for, for me in that season. Mm, that's good. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to say before we wrap up the episode? No. Hey, listen, wherever you are, uh, I know I just said no, no, I'm doing <laughs> Uh, wherever you are, if, if if you've got problems, if you've got adversity, let it be your friend mm-hmm. uh, because it's your greatest opportunity for growth. And so don't tame the tension that you have. That's good. All right. We got to wrap up with Let's Hope or Nopes. Let's and so um, Hope or Nopes is this fun segment where we just get to hear, is there hope for this situation or nope? And the first one that we have, I don't know if you saw this, but the royal family took new family photos. Did you see it? They kind of look like a Gap commercial. They all have like jeans and like a button up on and it's black Wait, is, and white. Are Megan and Harry in it? No. It's oh. just like William and Kate and the three kids. You didn't see it? No, I've not looked on my newsfeed yet. All right, I got. I'll show it to you and stuff. Um, well, then we'll just do a default. You have to default that answer if you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, if it's matchy matchy, no. You don't like matching photos? I yeah, kind of do. They all have um, button ups on and jeans, and it looks like there's a Photoshop at it because of kids missing a finger. So, okay. well, hey, uh, while you're getting to the next ones, you're I'll look, look it up. up. Okay, you look it up. The next one is cruises, which I feel like they go against everything that you stand for because you're like on a ship. 
stranded in the middle of somewhere and you have no control over the situation. Love it. I'm for it. Really? Yeah. You know, uh, I went on my first one this last year. Okay. And I was a little scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I'll tell you what. All you can eat. Yeah. Rest as much as you want. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything. Ice cream, like, on, like, It's tap. like, what are we it's doing amazing. after dinner? We're going to go get a New York-style pizza. <laughs> and what are we doing after the pizza? Ice, Ice cream. cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said done and done. All right. Last one is video games. Hope or no for video games? I love video games. Okay. I love it. Uh, like FIFA or like— um, I am a FIFA fan. Oh, okay. My my son and fanatic. I will typically, during the winter season, get at least one game in every night. That's fun. Yeah. And we That's- it usually ends up him pushing me over because— <laughs> I'm old and I don't have balance anymore. Any tears has it ever ended in always tears? tears. Oh. <laughs> somebody, somebody always ends up in the room. He said someone's always crying. All right. And it's usually them because I win. Well, I was hoping that was going to be you, actually. He said it's usually me. But no, that wraps up our episode, our first episode on uh, conflict management in this new series. And we are just so grateful that you listened today. Uh, make sure that you like and subscribe and share it with everyone in your sphere of influence. And we will see you back here for the next episode. 